All right, everybody, welcome to episode 152 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy Team. I am with my main man, the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Josh. I'm good. Another week. Another week closer to championship weekend. That's crazy. We already got six weeks down, about seven weeks to go, depending on uh, it's crazy. your uh, your playoff structure. So, whew. well, you know what? Let's uh, let's be in the now. We can look towards the future when the future gets here. And what we got right now is some good, some bad, and some ugly. Drew, why don't you start us off with your good for week six? Man, it's hard not to uh, keep going to the home team. So I'm going to go go a little different route. Somebody that, uh, you know, team that we've kind of been down on for the year here uh, looks like a, a flash of a renaissance in a day for Matt Ryan. Almost 400 passing yards, division win for the Colts, uh, three touchdowns, looked like uh some of the old stat lines we used to expect when he was uh, gunning it out there in the NFC South. Yeah, what a what a difference a week makes. We were making fun of this team for their uh, shootout. We can call it that, right? Shootout against the uh, the Broncos offense. You know that game, along with some others, have led us to. Complain about uh, the Thursday night schedule that has been put before us, uh, which is funny because uh, in about six months we'll be begging for a bad Broncos Colts game, but not the not not your uh, not your last week's Colts. The Colts came out there; mm-hmm. uh, they just decided they were going to throw the rock everywhere, got Michael Pittman involved, got Alec Pierce involved. I mean, talk just really talks about, you know, what a difference a week makes and why you can't in the NFL just assume that uh, a team is going to play the same way every single week. We see upsets every week. We see uh, – Teams win that shouldn't. Teams lose that shouldn't. And this was Matt Ryan's week. I, I like that one for. Uh, yeah, it was a cool, uh, cool recap. I think somebody might put it out there where Alec Pierce was talking about his uh, his chat with Reggie Wayne on the sideline before the final drive when he had the game winning touchdown there and being patient on his release. And it was, uh, you know, give some hope. I think some folks maybe um, took Alec Pierce a little bit later, hoping that he turned into a thing, and uh, he might be a thing. Yeah, and, you know, isn't this what we've wanted for Michael Pittman? We've wanted a weapon on the other side. We were hoping last year maybe T.Y. Hilton had a little bit in the tank. Maybe uh, Paris Campbell could be a thing. None of those things happen. And this year, I believe Pierce was a third-round pick by the Colts. Um, He comes in. And he's really starting to look like that weapon, that weapon opposite yep. 
of Pittman. So uh, I love that. That's a uh, that's a, a a very good way to start us off. I, I you know I'll take my good now. And shout out to Drew's Buffalo Bills. Big time, mm. big time win on Sunday against Kansas City. We knew it was going to be a great game. It didn't disappoint. Um, the Bills came out on top, and a big reason for that was Stephon Diggs, 10 receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown. And when I actually saw the stat line, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be higher because I-, I watched most of that game, and it just seems like Stephon Diggs – Mm-hmm. Caught every single pass that Josh yeah, Allen. Everyone played. that mattered. <laughs> and um, so when I saw 10 for 148, not that that's not an amazing line. I was just like, man, I, I would have thought it was like 14 for like 200 and a touchdown yeah. because uh, it just seemed like on every play he caught the ball. Um, but I think the um, the Bills have now put themselves as the – the top team in the AFC, and uh, honestly, I still think um, we do have one undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I still think the Bills are the best team at 5-1 and one, uh, in the entire NFL, but I think they proved that they are at least the best team in the AFC for right now. So big part of that was Stephon Diggs, so shout yeah, out. How, how freaky was that uh, clip of Tony Romo calling the score early on? I, I mean – you know what? It's funny. The jokes are made that uh, Tom Brady has made a deal with the devil to to have the career that he has had. And obviously this year is not, not going as well as the, the previous years. But I think Tony Romo may have made a deal with the devil t- for his broadcasting career. Because, I mean, I understand he was he was a top level quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he wasn't a scrub. He wasn't a backup. He was a, a very good starter for a bunch of years. but. The way he, he predicts offensive plays, defensive plays, where guys are going to – I mean, half the time he's predicting when guys are going to slip on the ground. I mean, it's just like he <laughs> he sees the game in his head before it's played, and he's like, oh, I know what the final score is going to be. I know who the, the MVP of the game is going to be. You know, I know who the, uh, the third-string offensive lineman that's going to have to come in and play because of injury. <laughs> like, he, he knows all this stuff. Um, he might be up for those of you in a fantasy league with Tony Romo. Yeah, can you imagine that? Tony Romo's just starting like the four string running back for the the Falcons, and you're like, wait, what's I don't even know this guy's name. And Tony's like, yeah, yeah, I, I got him. He's he's gonna go. Uh, he's gonna go ten for one fifty five and two touchdowns today. And you're like, what? The? And then he does it, and you're just like, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was crazy. That game was crazy. I mean, it was so, it was just so entertaining from beginning to end. Um, I hope these two teams meet again in the playoffs because, uh, I want to see round two of, uh, of that battle. Yeah. So how about this? How about I take my bad? We'll switch up the order a little bit. and. Um, a team that I mentioned not that long ago, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, good win against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the four and two Cowboys are now third in the NFC East. 
uh, which is kind of a that's wild a crazy stat in and of itself. <laughs> um, Cooper Rush throws three interceptions in that game, um, but he wins four out of five as the backup. And that's honestly, it, yeah, if if you told any team that they're going to lose their starting quarterback for five weeks and the backup is going to go four and one. They're going to sign up for that, but he's not, he's not my bad, my bad. Dallas Goddard. We've, we've been loving the Philadelphia offense, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders with the resurgence. And Dallas Goddard at a position where, I mean, you need kind of those uh, those lower tight end ones to kind of hit and give you some big weeks. Two for 22. And this, this is a game where the Eagles scored almost 30 points. Uh, you figure, you know, Dallas Goddard could at together five or six for mm-hmm. 60 maybe a touchdown to help you out two for 22 i don't i don't care what kind of tight end premium you're paying playing in it didn't do it for you it just didn't mm-hmm. do it for you uh so so that was my bad how about you drew what was your bad for week six uh similar scenario i think some folks had some hope here with uh coaching change and uh, quarterback change, possibly get a little bit of um, a bump for DJ Moore. Um, saw somewhere that I think lifetime DJ Moore is, has gotten somewhere around 24, 25% of PJ Walker's uh, targets. So there, there was some reason to think he might be able to be a security blanket there. And he got, he got targets. He got seven targets, got three catches, got seven yards. So he got more points. Uh, from his first catch for your league probably than he did from his yards total. So hopefully you're playing in a full PPR league. And we're going to, we're going to talk about DJ Moore, uh, you know, a little bit later as we dissect the timeline here. But man, DJ Moore, it pains me because I've liked DJ Moore for a little bit now. And it seems like we say every year, this is the best quarterback DJ Moore has ever played with. Mm. It doesn't matter who the guy is. This is the best one. Baker Mayfield, it's the best one. And it's just bad. Matt Rule was not a good NFL head coach. Steve Wilkes, I think some people were hoping that the new coach comes into town. He kind of brings spirits up. You know, there's a a new voice, a new face, and nah. Not if you ask Robbie Anderson. Oh, boy. Yeah. If you ask Robbie Anderson, you're going to have to dial his new zip code as uh, he he gets kicked off the sideline. for the Carolina Panthers, and then the next day gets traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, talk about failing up. But, uh, you know, 
that did. That's another story for another <laughs> day. I just felt myself getting ready to go down and and, and have a tangent that takes 20 minutes off of our time, and I, I didn't want to do it, so I'm going to stop myself. But, yeah, I mean, every, everyone keeps saying, hey, um, you know, trade CMC to, you know, the Rams. Trade them here, trade them there. Listen, CMC for fantasy purposes. I get for real life purposes and trying to win a re- ring. Yeah, there's there's some other places you can trade them, but for fantasy, you can you can have CMC play for any team. Christian McCaffrey could play semi pro right now and still somehow get you twenty points a week on your NFL dynasty team that like, that's how good he is. DJ Moore, God, mm. please put, put him on the bus, get, get him to green Bay so that Aaron Rodgers can throw him some balls. Cause Lord knows he's, he's struggling throwing balls to, to anybody else, not named Alan Lazard. You know, maybe you should have packaged those two wide receivers up and trade Trade Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore over to, to Arizona and give uh, Kyler Murray some help now that uh, that Marquise yeah. Brown is out. I know Hop, uh, D-Hop is coming mm-hmm. back, but you know, we'll talk about him later as well. Um, yeah, just help, help, help that man, please. Trade him to the Giants <laughs> at this point. It seems like any wide receiver who lines up for the Giants is gold. Um, but do something with him because Carolina is not it. Um, they haven't figured out a quarterback that can get him a thousand yards and like seven or eight touchdowns. Um, this year, the quarterback couldn't get him a thousand yards or four touchdowns, which is what he's no, used to. He's going to struggle to get his average. <laughs> yeah. So, you might have to run for him. So, um, so yeah, DJ Moore, God bless. Uh, I kind of went down another tangent there anyway, but, uh, why don't uh, why don't I hit you with my ugly? Okay, Curtis Samuel. Another Thursday night delight. We had the Commanders versus the Bears. Um, that game was trash. Uh, for the second week in a row, I turned off the game at halftime and went to bed. I wake up extremely early in the morning. <laughs> And if I'm not watching an entertaining game, I I don't want to see it. So they they well everything was just trash in that game. Curtis Samuel, two receptions. He had the same amount of receptions as Dallas Goddard, and Dallas Goddard got almost four times as many yards as Curtis Samuel. Two receptions, six yards for Curtis Samuel. Uh. Carson Wentz not only struggled in that game, but then hurt his hand. Didn't even throw for 100 yards in that game. And we're talking about like this new NFL where, you know, defensive players get called for everything and they, they slant the rules towards the offense to increase scoring. And Carson Wentz doesn't throw for 100 yards. Where make makes us makes us long for the days of Justin Fields and his eleven attempts, and you know, because he was at least getting over a hundred yards even with eleven attempts. 
It's all um, perspective. It's all perspective <laughs> is for sure. And, you know, th- this is after some monster weeks that Curtis Samuel had been having. It looks like Carson Wentz will now miss some time. So it's the uh, Taylor Heineke show. Uh, maybe at some point you see Sam Howell and who knows what happens there. But, um, yeah, it is uh, It's just kind of him being Washington, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean – we had the the mug debacle from earlier in the season, if you remember mm-hmm. that. And, you know, you know, they they fixed the name problem, but that was kind of just the uh the nice coat of paint on a uh on a junker. You know, you, you can paint up a junker real nice, but that thing still ain't gonna drive and the the commanders still ain't driving. So Curtis Samuel, two for six. He was ugly this week. We we both have uh we both have boys, Josh, that could potentially someday maybe have a shot at this NFL thing. In our current state, let's fast forward about 15 years when they might be a professional NFL player's age. Where would you least like them to be between Washington, Carolina, and Cleveland right now? All right, or I guess so, out of those three, which one would you be rank those in terms of where would you hope they went first, second, or third from those three places? So if my son was 20 right now and was going to be headed into the 2023 NFL draft, what were those teams again? Yeah, Cleveland, Washington, and Carolina. Cleveland, Washington, and Carolina. <sighs> I guess Carolina at one would be my, my first pick. Um, they, don't, they don't seem to have any behind-the-scenes problems. Now, they have some ineptitude problems, and that would kind of suck. But we've seen players do well there. We've seen DJ Moore before this year. We've obviously seen Christian McCaffrey. If you go to the defensive side of the ball, they have Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. So they have talented players there and no yuckiness, we'll call it, from behind the scenes. Now, this is where it gets tough. I'll put Cleveland at two because. They're the most talented out of these three teams on both sides of the ball. You know, I can run through the names. Obviously, ownership is a big problem there because of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. And the – what's the politically correct way to say this? The lack of a moral compass that Jimmy Haslam has shown in his years as owner of the Browns. And then pulling up the rear is Washington because not only does their owner have a lack of a moral compass, but they also can't put a good team together. So that's kind of the, you know, the worst of both worlds, so to speak. It's kind of like if Carolina and Cleveland had a 
really messed up baby. It's that would be the <laughs> the Washington Commanders. How about you? What what would your choice be? Yeah, I think uh, I think Carolina is probably the easy one. I mean, the you, you assume they grow out of a bad situation. New coach next year, most likely. Um, you know, new new quarterback, new process there. So yeah, and they've had a history, like you said. Yeah, I'm thinking back to even players like with Keekley on defense, and yep. you've had they've they found talent and Steve Smith and some other guys. So I think that makes a lot of sense. That's probably not quite as bad as I imagine. I put them in that trio, and then the other two is man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's and one of those things. If my yeah, if I'm sitting here on draft night, sitting with my son, you know, hoping, knowing that he's, he had a shot from one of these teams, I think Cleveland makes the most sense, most football sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, you hope that you raised him right, and he's gonna guide himself and not be yeah. affected by the nonsense around him. But and, and it's funny because. They they do have players who, and, and I've learned my lesson since the Sean Watson situation to say any person is good or bad because we don't know what these people are doing behind closed doors. But Nick Chubb seems like a, a really good guy. Uh, Miles Garrett, you always kind of hear good things about him. He's kind of an intellectual so there are, you know, good, good guys on that team. Um, it seems like they've kind of rehabbed at least the image of Kareem Hunt. Now, I don't know. He if hasn't behind, gotten in any more trouble. Yeah. Right. And again, I don't want to say he's a good guy because I don't know what he's doing behind closed doors. I, I don't know what any of these guys are doing behind closed doors. Like you said, he hasn't gotten in any real trouble, you know. So, you know, they do have, you know, these, these organizations, it all starts from the top, right? If you got kind of a good guy at the top, you know, you're probably going to have, you know, an okay situation throughout and, you know, Cleveland and Washington may have the two worst guys at top at, from a, you know, a moral perspective <laughs> they may be the worst but you know that that would be my trio that was a good little little thought exercise and why don't you wrap us up with the ugly for you mm. drew i was trying to put this off because it hurts me to go here uh it's a guy that we we have on our team that this year coming in i think was billed as possibly the qb1 in dynasty uh rivaling Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and I know he's gotten hurt this year, uh, but Justin Herbert, 57 attempts for 238 yards, a pick, um, 37 completions. I know he doesn't have his security blanket, Keenan Allen. As you're thinking about DJ Moore, there's there's another place I'd love to see him go. Give Herbert another option, right? You got Mike Williams who can go deep. Um, just saw a couple people tweet out here. I think Dave Clue, you put one out, or I forgot who it was with him, but uh, Mike Williams has three games of over 120 yards this year and three games under 20 yards this year. Uh, they need some help in the receiving core there. So, Justin Herbert, just absolutely ugly performance. 
still eked out the win in overtime over you know the hapless Broncos and Russ, uh, which you know maybe we just need to have a, a totally separate awkward category for Russ. But uh, yeah, that was that was an ugly, ugly win. Um, still a W. It's a divisional win. We actually have a trade out there right now uh, in one of our leagues. Somebody's coming after Herbert again, asking us to add our second to Herbert to get to Lamar. <laughs> I don't know that I'm there, but uh, I figure maybe we hash it out here for a moment. Let people hear what we're thinking. What do you think? All right, Josh? let's do it. Let's do it, man. I, I love this because we we got this going on, and I think we have – I think we have two different mindsets and this is the, this is what's fun about co-owning a team is that it's not just, Hey, does this look good? Or, you know, you put it in the calculator or you ask friends or do whatever your process is and then come up with a yes or a no on a trade. Um, you, you got, you got to talk to your, your co-owner and say, all right, what do we think about this? This is what real NFL teams do. You know, yes, the owner can just go, Oh, I love this trade. Let's do it. But that's why they have a general manager and an assistant and scouts and all this stuff. And they kind of come together and do the pros and the cons. So let's be like a real NFL team and do the pros and the cons. All right. So what are you thinking here? The trade offer, this is a 12-team super flex league. It would be Justin Herbert in our second, which right now would be a mid-second for one Lamar Jackson. So what do you think here? So I know we both, we both look at value. Um, and, I, and that's maybe where I get stuck here because I, I like Justin Herbert's value long-term more than Lamar Jackson. Um, so I, as I'm talking through this, I, I'm already thinking uh, I may need to readjust here because I, I don't know that this league will be around as it is for three years or four years because this is this is a safe league so we we joined this to do an auction draft and uh you know we got bored it got bored in april and decided hey let's let's do this thing um so we've got a relatively young team uh except at quarterback right now matt ryan's our qb3 we've got aaron Rodgers the qb2 but we have jordan love behind him if that even matters um, running back, we're hurting a little bit because we had Javante as our hero RB. And then wide receiver, we're actually in pretty good shape wide receiver-wise. Oh, yeah. We're real good at wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if we are if we think we can make a push now, I think I'm, I'm more open to it. I, I would still rather not give up a second in addition to Herbert to get to Lamar. Um, but we're sitting middle of the pack because we are one of – five teams sitting at three and three right now. I think we started off like three and one Yeah, had a, a couple of really good weeks there. Uh, we've had a pretty good amount of points scored against us too. So it's not like we just had, you know, marshmallow matchups, right? but our scoring has definitely taken a nosedive over the last couple of weeks. So if, if we want to get back into the top four to really have a, a shot in the playoffs, I, it, it's probably a move we need to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think here. When it when does Herbert have his buy? Is that that's week eight? Yeah. So that's coming up. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I would be open to possibly countering uh, if if you take a third instead of a second. Okay, I like that. Um, 
Yeah, at this point, I want Lamar because the the running quarterbacks are king. You know, we we've seen it with Jalen Hurts. That that was the whole hype behind Trey Lance was that you have this guy that can throw and can run. Lamar Jackson is in that category. He's probably the best rushing quarterback in the league. Um, and we know he can throw the ball, too. We know that if, you know, he needs to go for 300 or 350, he's going to do that. We saw that in the Miami game where Miami did come back, but it wasn't because <laughs> Lamar Jackson wasn't uh, doing his fair share. He, he's dipped a little bit in the throwing department with Rashad Bateman out. Um, and I think, and I'll look this up while I'm talking, but I think I heard something that he should be coming back this week. Uh, let's see, three hours ago, it looks like he was at practice today, which is always a good sign. Um, and I think once he gets Bateman back, I think that kind of opens it up for him again. So, yeah, I like the counter. I like throwing that third out there and seeing what happens. Because it seems like this is kind of like a Baker Mayfield situation here, right? It would probably be in the best interest of the Chargers to sit him for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. let his ribs rest up, stop, you know, stop playing them, stop shooting them up or doing whatever they're doing to alleviate pain during these games and just let, let him get some rest and kind of get back to 100%. And I obviously, I know uh, Justin Herbert is not, you know, he's not advocating for that. He's happy uh, to keep playing. But sometimes you got to kind of save the player from themselves. We saw yeah. Baker do it. We saw Baker do it last year. And, um, and, you know, look what happened to him. He was throwing on a shredded shoulder and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely should. Um, but, yeah, I think long-term, again, long-term for us in this league is, what, maybe two, three years out. You know, yeah. we're going to be, uh, we're going to be looking probably at the 24 draft because 23, we're, we're already down our first. Yep. So that's where I'd love to have our second if we can in this stack class next year and maybe figure out if we can move up and, you know, we talk about it each year. You've got a pretty, pretty good handle on who you like in the draft and you've made some pretty good calls over the last few years. So I think we could do some damage with a second if we can hang on to it. So I think I'd be there if, uh, if we can do it for, with a third instead. I'm also just looking at this guy's roster to see if there's anywhere else we might want some extra help. Like doesn't have a whole lot at running back to throw in. Um, I'm trying to think if we if we had another option to counter, if we threw our second in, could we add some value somewhere else? He's got um, he's got a couple of tight ends, but nobody. He's got Firemuth, who's probably out of re- out of reach at that point. Um, we don't really need a whole lot more at wide receiver. Not that he has a ton more. He has DJ Moore. <laughs> throw him in there, but. Um, but yeah, I was hoping maybe he'd have like a, a cheap running back we could throw in since we've got Javante out for a little bit too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I like that. Let's uh, let's send something back tonight. We'll see what happens. We can uh, let people know next week if, if we've got anything worked out. 
We'll do that. We'll do that. So there you go. You got a little extra on the good, the bad, and the ugly. So now, Drew, you know what time it is. It's time. It's time to see what we saw on the timeline. Let's do it. So this first one here is from Edelord at Edelord1. This is a Dynasty 14-team Superflex PPR. So side one is Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins. I'm assuming it just says Higgins, but I'm thinking it's T. Higgins. A 23 first late and a 24 first late. First of all, uh, no 24 pick is early or late right now. Anything can happen. Heck, no 23 pick is really late right now. Anything can happen. We've seen the injury bug bite teams, uh, you know. So, but we'll call it a 23 late because at least there's kind of a grasp on what's going on. And then a 24 first. So I'll, I'll repeat that side again. Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, a late 23 first and a 24 first. The other side, side two of this deal, is Jalen Hurts, DK Metcalf, and Ramondre Stevenson. Ooh, let's try that again. Ramondre Stevenson. So, Drew, let's start it with you, man. What do you like? Do you like the T-Law side here, or do you like the Jalen Hurts side? Uh, personally, I like the Trevor Lawrence side. Um, I know Hertz is having some really good games right now. And he, he, he projects to end, I don't know what top five, top six in the quarterbacks this year, um, okay. based on his current trajectory. Yeah. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has shown that he can, uh, have a ceiling, which is, which is good. He's, he's shown a couple of games where he can, he's shown he can, uh, you know, pass the ball well, gain some yards, have some volume. Um, T Higgins and DK are basically a wash for me. I like them both about the same. I don't feel like one is significantly higher than the other. Uh, I would give DK a slight edge probably if we were forced ranking these. Um, and then those two firsts are definitely worth a lot more than any Patriots running back ever will be for me. Um, <laughs> even after a two touchdown week. So I feel like for me, I would pretty quickly choose the Trevor Lawrence side. I think he's got, uh, he's a safer pick than Hertz. Hertz, I think definitely has the higher ceiling. We've talked about it, you know, he, he's on track to hold on to that starter job right now based on the performance, not just the record, uh, but they're also winning because of him too in some of these games. So uh, that, that probably makes it a little bit more difficult if it were maybe three or four weeks ago and we don't have this kind of sample size or still that argument that, okay, does Jalen Hurts still have a job? You know, maybe he's a starter somewhere else, but who knows where that somewhere else is? What if it's Carolina? What if it's some other place like, that? you know? Um, so uh, it, it definitely would be tough to give Jalen Hurts up. But if, I, if you're telling me I can get Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, and a couple of firsts back for a guy, you know, Ramondre, who he might have two more meaningful seasons with the Pats. And I think that might be generous. Um, and it's always going to be a timeshare. It's always going to be. Uh, who's performing well? Are you in the good graces of Bill Belichick? You know, what have you done for me lately or how have you not screwed up for me lately? So I, I feel pretty confident taking the, the Trevor Lawrence side in this one. What do you think? 
I'm with you. Um, I like Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, the late 23 first and the 24 first. I mean, T. Law and one of the first probably gets you to Hertz. Maybe it's a little bit off of Hertz, but not not by much. Um, Higgins and DK. I lean slightly towards Higgins. I know you like you lean slightly slightly towards DK, but it's not massive. Um, and then a first for Ramondre. Yeah, like let's go. I mean, I love Ramondre, but everything you said is right. I mean, if you can if you can get two hype Ramondre seats. Ramondre seasons, you've done really well for yourself. Because right right now, Ramondre is being talked about as like kind of the second coming of, of running backs in New England. And if you can get two seasons of that, you've done really really well for yourself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, get give me the Trevor Lawrence side here, and that one. 57 to 43. So, I mean, obviously the, the T-Law side won, but, you know, you're getting this deal done a good amount of the time. So, maybe... Yeah. maybe Not going to take much to bridge the gap, right? Yeah. So, maybe if you have a Jalen Hurts and, you know, you want to diversify or you want to uh, get yourself some more app. Uh, assets, maybe you're a, a rebuilding team, and those firsts are going to help you out because let's face it, as much as I just said, that T law and a 23 first gets you to, to Hertz, maybe it gets you a little, you know, maybe it's a little bit less than uh, the Hertz owner would want. <laughs> Once draft season comes, I don't care that it's a late 23 first. Trust me, I, I watched a couple of mock 23 rookie drafts this week. Mm. And, I mean, we're talking about guys at 10, 11, 12. Like, we were talking about guys at 3, 4, and 5 in the 22 draft. So, I mean, yeah. it, you're, going, you're still going to see guys that people like at all the positions, you know. So, yeah. Give that to me. That will um, worst case scenario. That'll get you a little, a uh, little extra juice during uh, during draft season. So here's our next one from JRC at Viking Power seventy two. This is a ten team one QB PPR dynasty. So he has here. Brees Hall is twenty one years old. Jonathan Taylor is twenty three years old. Taking into consideration the offense, offensive lines, injuries, and QBs for each team, who you got first in a startup in Dynasty? So we're fast-forwarding six months. We're kind of in the start of peak Dynasty startup season. Who, who would we want first? Mm. Are we are we taking Brees Hall over Jonathan Taylor after we just spent months proclaiming that Jonathan Taylor is the first running back off the board 
are we are we doing that already? Have we given up all hope on Jonathan Taylor? Um, I'll take this one first. Here's the crazy part about this question. If I break this down, the Jets offense has been better. The Jets offensive line has been better. They've the Jets have probably dealt with less injuries. And if you're just taking the injuries of both of the players involved, yes, Jonathan Taylor got injured, but it was like the first time since like high school that he's been injured. So um I don't think you take too much of that into account. Uh, And the quarterbacks for each team. We know Zach Wilson's probably going to be there, especially if they keep kind of going at this pace. If they end up a eight and nine or nine and 18, like Zach Wilson's there next year. And unless he like just, you know, turns that back into a three and 14 team, he's probably there the year after that. Can we say the same for Matt Ryan? The 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 Colts seem to have this quarterback plan of let's just get a new guy every year and hope hope that guy takes us to the Super Bowl. First it was Phillip Rivers, then it was Carson Wentz, now it's Matt Ryan. If last week was just an outlier and they go back to what they did kind of the first five weeks of the season. Can't believe Matt Ryan's going to be there next year. He gets shipped off for for two thirds to, to oh Washington. Uh, oh they'll, they'll, they'll recycle. Don't wish that on him. I don't wish that on anyone, but let's face it. At this point, <laughs> Washington would be probably the only team that makes that deal. But doesn't that all kind of skew towards Brees Hall? Like it, and that's crazy. If if we would have had this question week one, we would have been like, "No way! It's Jonathan Taylor. It's the Colts. The offensive line is always good. the The quarterback is always good. You know, the offense is always good." And that has not been the case. And the crazy part is, if we're looking at this, who has a better chance of getting fired this year as the head coach, Frank Wright or Robert Sala? Think, think about that. It's like, true. And I'm not saying that Frank Wright is getting fired this year. But what if they end as a 7-10 and 10 team, do they just go, oh, well, it was a bad season. We'll try again next year. I mean, this is a team that people were saying Matt Ryan is there. They could have some things break right for them and be – a force in the playoffs and the playoffs. I mean, right now they, they need a lot of things to break right for them. Just cue the Jim Mora videos. Yes. To make it into the playoffs. So, I mean, we could be talking about a brand new head coach for the Colts next year and talking about Robert Sala year three, bunch of talent, they're putting it together, you know. They're you know, they're second in the AFC East. And listen, I know Tua was injured. Don't don't at me. Oh, Tua was injured, <laughs> you know. And and Mac Jones was injured, even though 
let's not get into the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi quarterback controversy. But come on, if if I would have told you in any scenario that after week six, the four and two, by the way, four and two New York Jets were mm. second in the AFC East, you would have laughed at me. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. I could have. I could have said that to you going into week one, Drew. Let's put a bet on it. Let's make a bet. And you would have been like, you're insane. I'm taking that bet all day. And I would have done the same thing. You could have said that to me, and I would have taken that bet all day. But this is where we are. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I think all that stuff actually skews towards Brees Hall. What do you think? I don't want to make this choice. So I'm trading out of the 101 to the 102. <laughs> and I'm hoping that they are, I think deep down, I'm hoping that they are a Jonathan Taylor fan. So I get Breeze Hall at 102. If you're telling me I'm on the clock and I have to take a running back at 101, I, I think it would be hard not to take Jonathan Taylor based on what we've seen him do already. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think a lot of what you say makes sense in terms of the pieces of the question here. Mm-hmm. You know, Brees has shown, uh, you know, he can he can make some things happen. Uh, he doesn't have the top end speed that Jonathan Taylor has. So that I'm thinking of that was uh, whatever that uh, catch and run he had this past week where he he finally got caught at the one pulled down at the one. Mm-hmm. I, I think Jonathan Taylor takes that to the house. You know, there are some other other examples there where I think Jonathan Taylor as a pure runner may, may have the edge talent wise there. Um, but if I'm, if I'm starting my, my dynasty that I'll take the extra two years off the wear and tear, you know, and I, I do think that the team is set up well for a guy like Brees Hall, where you have a defensive minded coach. And if they can truly get to the place where they have the talent and the game plan and they can execute where, you know, Zach Wilson doesn't have to do a lot to win games, just doesn't lose them games. And they're, they only need to put up 17 to 20 points a week to really be competitive. Then I think that's, that's an offense made for a guy like Brees Hall who can handle that workload, could be a three down back um, and could have three, four years of really nice production on his rookie contract. So uh, I don't blame you for going that way. I think I'm a little bit more conservative in that sense. So I probably would take the guy that I've seen doing it for longer, who is still not an old running back by any means, got a couple of years left there, but um but yeah, I think my my dream scenario is somebody somebody gives me a little something extra to move up to the 101 to get their guy, Jonathan Taylor, and I'll take uh, Brees at 102 if he's there. But really in that situation, I'll take whoever's left for me at 102. All right. So here's the question. I want to hold your feet to the fire a little bit here. So in this scenario, you get the 101. You go, okay. I'm going to hit up this guy at the 102. I'll take either one of these two guys. You get a deal done. You get a you get a small little little sweetener. Nothing major. Little maybe you get a a fifth round pick in return. And he goes ahead and like the commissioner he walks up to the podium and he goes the 101s select Brees Hall, running back, New York Jets. 
What are you feeling on the inside right now? Because obviously you still get Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But I think we both kind of agree that we want Reese Hall just just a little bit more. Are you like, man, I should have just stayed put. I should have just taken Reese Hall. How are you feeling in that situation? Because it happens to us, doesn't it? It does. It we does. get in the so dynasty leagues. We get in the startups. And we're wheeling and dealing. And we're like, okay, we've got some value here. There's you know, three more guys. No way all three of the guys I want are going to go. I'm not looking at, you know, sleeper ADP or MFL ADP. I'm not, we're not looking at that. We have our own list. We know the guys we like. And then all of a sudden, pow, 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 they get picked off. The sniper comes, takes them all out. And you're like, okay. Well, um, I kind of wish I had stayed put and just taken one of the guys that I really liked because now I'm in a situation where did I get some extra value? Sure. But there's kind of maybe there's no one you like there or maybe there's a whole bunch of guys you like the same and now you have to (laughs) try to make the decision on one of them. And so how do you feel? Brees Hall gets taken. You're sitting there. How do you feel on the inside? Yeah, I, I probably have a, a little bit of instant regret. Uh, I think at that point, I probably look to pivot again. And you, you know there's a huge teardrop after Jonathan Taylor. So at that point, getting somebody to come up knowing it's for Jonathan Taylor, I think you get a, a solid value somewhere shortly afterwards. And then that's where you, know, you hope you're a skilled drafter and trader and you can still build a team that you like out of what you have in return. But if it's, uh, yeah, I think in that moment, as soon as you watch, you know, it's where, it's where you've got your queue set up, right? And you go back and realize it's been a long time. Why isn't, why isn't that, why haven't I gotten a notification that I drafted Brees Hall? And then all of a sudden you realize it's because he's no longer in your queue because he was taken. Yeah. And then you got to go back and you've actually got to hit the button. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, I, I would take the risk still and uh hope that the majority of folks want jonathan taylor more uh, probably because i'm hoping that they they think the way that i'm thinking initially and then um you know i'll take that gamble and then yeah because i could have a, a decent contingency if Brees goes first and I'm, I'm sitting with jonathan taylor in my lap there i can i can figure out how to move that pick into something else that i like and I'm very curious to see how this season goes because Brees Hall is in all of his glory right now. You know, you talked about getting dragged down at the one, but man, he is big play after big play after big play. And if he kind of proceeds on this track, whew, man, it, it's, I, I almost think there's, there's not a doubt that Brees Hall is the one-on-one. Um, after this year, but we got to see how this season goes. No, nothing is set in stone yep. yet. So that that was a good one. And before we go further into what we saw on the timeline, it's time, Drew. It's time for the game of the week. So let's break down. Last week we. Another two-on-one week. We keep we keep knocking out these two-on-one. Did it again. Um, you know, 
we're trying out here. We're trying to make we're trying to make you guys money. Uh, we're trying to get you guys rich uh, up in here. Um, we went two and one. The college pick not so good. Uh, Maryland at Indiana, they were an eleven point favorite. They only won by five. Um, you hate to see it. It happens sometimes. Um, but what did we tell you guys? What did we tell you guys last week? We said bet bet them Seattle Seahawks. We wouldn't be surprised if it was an upset. What did we get, Josh? Yeah, listen, listen. You know what we got? Three points from the Arizona Cardinals offense. Mm. They scored nine, and that touchdown was a special teams touchdown. Nine points total, three points by the offense. Yeah, barely, this, if you call that the offense. And this is against a team that was among the bottom third in the league in just about every defensive category. It should have been a game that they smashed. But we kind of saw, it. We, you know, we saw the chinks in the armor when they played uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um. They couldn't beat a team that kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half, but they had built such a big halftime lead that it didn't matter. Um, and then our Sunday pick, Cincinnati at New Orleans. Cincinnati, and I, I don't know why, was the dog in this game. They were the underdog. It made no sense to me why they were you the underdog. I don't get that. You got Joe Burrow. You got Jamar Chase. You got Joe Mixon. You got a pretty good defense. And you got the Andy Daltons of New Orleans. I love Andy Dalton. When he was when he was in Cincinnati, I told people he was criminally underrated. Often disrespected. But I mean, come on. They they didn't have any receivers. Oh, they were all injured. Why, why did we think that they weren't going to put up enough points to win this game? We said it. We said it on Sunday, and we hope you all bet it because we want you guys to win money. So that puts us on the season at 10, 5, and 1. That's pretty, That's pretty good. good, we're Josh. Winning. We're winning. Two for everyone that we lose. That's a good way to bet right there. That's a good way to bet right there. So this week. The Colts at the Titans. The Titans are a two and a half point favorite. Listen, it's an AFC South battle. I want that team coming off of the bye. King Henry, extra week of rest. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary. You know what else is scary? There's some injuries on that Colts defense. You don't trust me? Look it up. And a lot of them are right up the middle. Guess where Derrick Henry likes to be? Right up the middle. So we saw this play out. Tennessee covered as a road dog three weeks ago. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to cover as a home favorite this week. You put your money. On them Tennessee Titans, minus two and a half, 
they're going to win by more than a field goal, but you take that easy money, you put it in your pocket, and you have a good time with it. So remember, you're going to put money down on these games this week. Use BetUS. We're going to put the uh, we're going to put our link in the uh, in the comments so that you guys can uh, so you guys can see that and you guys can uh, you guys can have some fun and make some money. Um, that's what we want for you guys. So now let's get back to the timeline, right? Let's get back to what we saw on the timeline. This next one is from FF Contraptioneer. At Stormy Lab 12, wild the drop that Baker Mayfield has taken since the beginning of last year. Baker was taken at the 502 in one of my Dynasty League startups from last summer. It really, it really is a case of how the mighty have fallen. We know where Baker Mayfield will not be next year. He will not be in Carolina. Mm. There's going to be a new head coach. Right now they're looking like they got a top three pick in the bag. Um, and th- there's nothing there at the quarterback position that you go, well, you know, maybe, maybe Sam Darnold. Come on, we've seen that show. We know what that, even when he comes back to take over for P.J. Walker, we've seen that show. Ain't nothing we want to see again, right? Well, Matt Corral, listen, they they traded capital to move up in the third round to get Matt Corral. That's great. Guess what? Who cares? You you have an opportunity for a C.J. Stroud, a Bryce Young. You're going to take that. And Matt Corral, maybe he stays around as uh, the, a young backup. You know, maybe they can get him some, uh, some preseason flashes and, and trade him for something to another team. But Matt Corral is not going to stop you from drafting mm-hmm. one of those top two guys. So... Baker's gone in Carolina. Here's my question to you. Does Baker start anywhere next year? As in like one game somewhere in the 17 weeks? No, I'm talking about he gets signed. I don't think he gets signed anywhere. And they go, Baker's our dude. There is no competition. But maybe he gets... Signed. Here you go. But let's let's put this out here. He gets signed by the Colts. You know, Colts need a new quarterback every year. It's just what they do. And they go, okay. Matt Ryan is gone, and we have a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo face off. They're both too young for the Colts. True. But uh, no, they had Carson Wentz last year. So we got to give him some credit. Okay. They alternate old okay. quarterback, young quarterback. They had the okay. old quarterback. Yeah, next year's the year, I guess. Okay. So 
There's yeah, that. I, so he comes in as part of a battle, and maybe he wins out. I don't think he can beat you. No, right? He's not going to get signed to be a starter. I don't think he beats anybody out that's competing for a starting spot. But we see we. See, but I don't know if we can say that because we've we've seen some bad court. We've seen Marcus Mariota play. We've seen Jameis Winston play like a game. You know. We we do see bad starting quarterbacks on a handful of teams. I mean, think about this. The Carolina Panthers said our starting option is Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield is better. I think there are going to be two or three teams in that camp mm. that are going to go. We have a very yucky guy kind of penciled in as the starter. Baker Mayfield can at least be in a competition. Now, he doesn't get signed anywhere where they go. <laughs> we figured it out. Baker's the dude. Let's go. That's not going to happen. But I think he could get signed somewhere and be the competition for the yucky starter, at least. What he should do? Well, let me, I asked you a question, so let me, I want you to answer it. Do you see Baker starting anywhere next year? And not just for a game because somebody got injured. Like the week one starter. Yeah. Like he won a battle and he's in there. Hmm. I mean, what are we looking at next year? Three or four top end quarterbacks coming out? Yep. So after, okay, after Matt Ryan moves on slash retires, after Tom Brady moves on slash retires. That's a good one. Uh, you know, after the the magic of Geno Smith wears off, yeah. Once Washington realizes that Carson Wentz mm-hmm. ain't it, yeah. I, I mean, he's going to have to come in and, and and do something special. I I think I feel like the league at this point has got to look at him as a failed experiment. He's gotten multiple chances. Yeah, you know, we gave him the uh. The excuse in his rookie year, he got to Freddie Kitchens, right? Got a different coach there. Was able to play in the same same system for a couple of years. Not what they wanted. Got a shot at Deshaun. I get that. Um, went to a, another team with decent weapons on paper, right? DJ Moore, CMC. You got some talent around you where it's not on – the onus is not on him to win games. Just don't screw it up too bad. And he's not able to do that. So I, I I don't see I, it would be a very very difficult scenario for me to see a team that would uh, seriously see him as a contender for the QB one spot on their team next year. Now, are there messed up organizations? We've talked about a handful of them today already. Uh, a bunch of you know old boys club kind of okay, great. We want to see you here. You are number one pick that still has some cachet, but I think um, you know when a coach is looking to save their job or to start their career or whichever scenario they're in. I don't think they can put him out there in good conscience as a week one starter. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's not good. I mean, I think he should almost take the, the Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. route, um, back up a, a really talented quarterback, go to Buffalo, back up Josh Allen, go to Kansas city, back up, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 
go to Baltimore and go go to a place that has a running quarterback where you know what maybe you step in and you have to game plan a little bit differently for a couple of weeks and you stand out because everybody's been planning for Lamar or for uh, Jalen Hurts or something like that. You can step in for two or three weeks, get them to the bye, get yourself a new job the next year. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a good route to go. And, and I don't even think he necessarily needs to be behind a running quarterback. I mean, what if he went to trying to think. I, I wanted to say the Rams, but the Rams haven't looked great this season. But a, a team like that, what if he goes to I'm like running through Dallas? The, replace Cooper Rush? Replace Cooper. Yeah, that's a good one where it's like, I mean, Dak runs a little bit, but he doesn't run like he used to after the no. ankle injury. You know, and I mean, I think you know, and we saw this from Mitch last year, right? What did Mitch do during the regular season? Damn near nothing. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Allen stayed healthy. But, man, we saw the preseason. And we were like, wow, look at Mitch in this offense. He's running it. He's not thrown to, to Stephon Diggs. He's, he's thrown to the second, ter- third team guys, and he looks good. It's kind of, you know, kind of the same deal. Like, you know, go, you know, go there. Go, listen. Why not go to the Giants? Brian Dable seems to turn everything he touches into gold. Do that. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. then after the backup season, you've put some good preseason tape out there. People go, oh, yeah, like this is the guy that won the AFC North, took, or I'm sorry, they didn't, they didn't win. They were a wild card team that year, but took the Browns yeah, to the playoffs. First playoffs, yeah. Uh, I don't know that there aren't any, yeah, maybe there aren't even that many bad situations, right? Like, what if he goes to a place like Miami, you know, where you've got got some talent around you there? Or, you know, if he's going to compete, does he compete against, like, a Davis Mills next summer? Maybe he competes against Davis Mills. I don't know. Um, Maybe he goes to... um, Maybe he goes to Tennessee and sits behind, you know, Ryan Tannehill, who obviously doesn't want to teach nobody. He already said that. And you could say, well, Malik Willis is there. But, you know, third round quarterbacks, you know. I I mean, I just think there are a lot of spots, you know. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, but I think that should be his play. I, I personally don't think anybody signs him and says we figured out the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield starting. There's no competition. But I think he can he can go somewhere and maybe win a quarterback battle. Obviously, it has to be against the right quarterback. Like, I mean, Marcus Mariota is starting games in the NFL. Like, like, like we've seen some guys start yeah. from the jump this year. That's true. I mean, you look at the the draft outside of poor Josh Rosen, right? I mean, the the draft capital still carries weight. Mariota and Winston both got starting jobs this year. Yeah. And and Baker Mayfield, you can laugh at this if you want to, has a much better resume as a starting quarterback than Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. A guy who took a franchise that never won anything Took him to the playoffs, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Yeah, there's a lot of bad on that resume, too. Don't get me wrong. He's not getting glowing references from the brain trust in Cleveland. But you've seen stuff on tape where you can at least go, it's not Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Yeah. It's not Sam Darnold. A little self-disclosure here um, at Stormy Lab 12. Uh, Whoever picked them at 502 this last summer, you can you can make them feel better by telling him this guy took Baker at 203, I think three years ago in a startup, in his Superflex startup, as his QB1. But that's a dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. We can we can bounce back from our mistakes. We can. We can. Um yes, we can. <laughs> sometimes it takes a little ingenuity and sometimes it takes a little luck. But hopefully Baker got you the 101 and, and you took uh, T-Law. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a tough yeah, it was tough year. If Baker Mayfield can get you T-Law, everything is right in the world. You'd be, you'd be all right. Uh, so uh, let's move on to this one. Uh, Dynasty Dungeon at Dungeon Dynasty. This is a 10-team Superflex PPR Dynasty League. He is a contender trying to make a run at that trophy, at that championship. Which side do you want here? Do you want DeAndre Hopkins? He coming back. There's going to be no competition now that uh, Hollywood is is hurt. Maybe the Dorch comes back. Maybe he makes a reemergence. Um, they have the uh, the corpse of AJ Green there. Um, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Rondell Moore. But really, besides Ertz, are we looking at any of those other receivers and going? This guy could take some major. Some major scratch, some major cheese away from D Hop. I don't think so. So, Drew, in this scenario, you are that contender. You are looking for the championship. And you have been a good trader. You have someone else's early 23 second. Are you are you using that to get D Hop? Or are you saying uh, let me hold on to that pick. What are you doing in this situation? First of all, I'm pretty sure picks don't score you points. They do not. And as far as I know, points are what gets you wins. They do. And wins wins are what take you to the championship. That's right. That's how this game is played. So in, in that scenario, it is very easily give me DeAndre Hopkins who, like you said, is going to be a great option for Kyler if he can figure things out. That being said, if I have somebody else's early second, I surely hope I can get somebody better than DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to be more productive. Uh, You don't have the question marks of of how is he going to reintegrate in the offense. Um, You trust that he's kept himself in great shape and he is game ready, but there is game speed and there's everything else and it's going to take a couple weeks for that to sink back up uh, because he's been away from the team so that take that early second and please 
do better. So if this trade is in my inbox, I'm a contender. I'm like, I'm a piece away. That's it. Like a piece to put me over the top to make me unbeatable. I'm rejecting this trade. I'm keeping that 23 seconds. Because here's here's the issue with DeAndre Hopkins. We're looking at DeAndre Hopkins like he was in Houston, like he was his first year with the Cardinals. And there was some slippage last year. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to say that out loud. But there was some slippage. And now he's been away from the team, as you mentioned. And this team does not look good. The the head coach looks like he doesn't know what to do out there. Kyler Murray looks like he doesn't know what to do out there. Can DeAndre Hopkins heal all of that? I don't know. I don't know if he can. I don't know if one man can heal all that is broken with the Arizona Cardinals. We just saw them score three points against Seattle. And I love Geno. I love that he didn't write back. But come on, the, the, the Seahawks are not an elite team in the NFL. They're, not, they're definitely not an elite defense. They are the opposite of elite. Unelite? Is that what we he, – they are an unelite defense. Don't know if that's a word, but that's what I'm calling them. <laughs> unelite defense. And they put up three points against an unelite defense. We got to trademark that, unelite. Mm. D- does DeAndre Hopkins come in and turn that – in that game, does DeAndre Hopkins come back and, and – have a 17-point swing? I don't think so. Could be wrong. I could be dead wrong. But I don't think so. I'm with you. Use that early second. Can we move, can we move up? Maybe a half a tier? Maybe not a whole tier, but a half a tier? Like, can we do that? You know, like, like let's think about this for a second. What can we get with that pick? Like, what do you think we could realistically get? You should easily get Brandon Cooks. Let's go. Sign me up. Sign me up for Brandon Cooks. You know me all day, every day. Brandon Cooks. Um, I'd be interested to see... Could you flirt with like a Mike Williams if people are down on Herbert Chargers fluctuation, especially if it's a non-contending team? Mike Williams is aging now at what twenty-eight or so, so yeah. give you that boom-bust flex, you know, wide receiver three kind of a guy that you add to whatever your your monster machine is right now, and you know what, he could put you over the top a few of those weeks and get you that number one seed. Um, you know, never mind after the bye when Herbert's healthy, Keenan Allen is back, offense is clicking again. He'd be somebody that I might I might try to go after. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's I, it's those older guys. We, we were talking about him last week. You know, do you want Amari Cooper for that second any more than you want DeAndre Hopkins for the second? 
Yeah. So maybe you get a guy like him. What what about Mike Evans? I almost said him. I feel like he's a bit of a reach, but I would certainly try. Mike Evans, wide receiver 15 on the according to Fantasy Pros. I would certainly try. You know, and that's kind of what I'm saying is like, yeah, you're probably getting an older guy, you know, but I mean, we can't like, we can't like turn down our nose because the, the original question had DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's not, we can't sit here and be like, oh God, it's, uh, you know, it's an old guy because yeah. that's what we were doing. Or can I, you, I, he's probably, I would guess Amon Ra is probably a little out of range at this point based on the first couple of weeks. I think so. Um, but a guy like maybe a Gabe Davis, who's also a boom bust, right? You know, maybe somebody wants to still I get Gabe, a little bit of I think back. everyone sees the, if they're not watching the games, they're seeing the Gabe Davis highlights and he's just catching wide open passes for you know 50 yards at a time. I don't know if an early second can get you that. But here's the name. I was just kind of scrolling through the list. Here's a plus. Could you get Alan Lazard plus for an early second? Because Alan Lazard has kind of been cooking with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a name that you go, oh, that guy, yeah. Like, you know, we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Mike Evans and, you know, you know, all these other guys that are kind of names that, you know, you hear them and your, your ears perk up a little bit. Alan Lazard, your ears perk down, if that's even possible. <laughs> but he's been doing well in Green Bay. Yeah. I tried to move him this week before the game. Try to send Alan Lazard and like a what looks like a mid round second and and the sleeper league we're in for what should be like a later first next year. So I was Man, giving I somebody Alan Lazard down. to move back. Huh? Did it get shut down? It did. <laughs> it did. And then Alan Lazard went out and put up like fourteen points. So yeah, maybe I'll try again this week. I, I'm you know that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like you know they're they're guys like here here's one we we not we i spent a good bit of time bad mouthing this team earlier in the episode what about scary terry mclaurin hasn't hasn't been working out so well in half point ppr he's wide receiver 33 but we get the taylor heineke experience we know that's fun. Yeah. You know, we know that he's going to air the ball out. He kind of has that Ryan Fitzpatrick, long hair, yeah, don't care mentality. Yeah, like, Love that. I'm going to do, like, uh, or maybe, you know, maybe you get the guy on the, the other side. Maybe Curtis Samuel. He just went two for six. It wasn't good. It was kind of yuck. Oh, uh, yeah. I think he'd be easy to do for Curtis. You Samuel. know what I'm saying? Like, and they're guy, you know, I'm just kind of looking, and I think that there are guys I want more than yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Like, here, I'm yeah. I'm going to just give you a couple names. We'll just do it rap, rapid fire, yes or no. Would you rather make the trade for this player or DeAndre Hopkins with that early second? Jerry Judy. God, that's a tough one. I take Judy. I'll take the years. Okay, you'll take the years. But you're a contender, remember. You're a contender. Yep. You need 
You need them points. You're still taking Judy. All right. Yep. Here's here's one. Jacoby Myers. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'll take Jacoby over DeAndre. How about he just had a big game against your squad? Juju Smith Schuster, JJSS. Mm. Uh, that was a little bit of a fluky touchdown, right? It was. He, he broke was. a couple of tackles and then and then busted for that long one. Uh, I mean, he got eight eight targets last week. That would be that'd be tough. I, I think I would still want. Man, that's tough. I think I'd still want Juju. He scored points. He's growing in rapport. He's got more time with his quarterback this year. Um, so, yeah, I would probably take Juju. And, again, you're still buying back like three or four years with right. Juju. So, so I mean, there are some guys that you hear the name, you wouldn't necessarily think, ooh, ooh, let me get that guy. But, you know, based off of what they've been doing this season, and I think, honestly, that's all you should be worrying about, what are they doing this season, and can you project that forward? Because if your goal is yeah. a championship, who cares? Yeah. After that, I don't care if I trade that second for Jacoby Myers instead of yep. DeAndre Hopkins, and Jacoby Myers ends up as where is he right now? Uh, Twenty thirty-seven. So he's okay. like low-end wide receiver three, but. If you're starting yep. through, if you're starting three wide receivers, you're more than fine with that. And if it's two wide yep. receivers and a flex, you're more than fine with that as a flex play. Yeah. And you know, I don't care if he is wide receiver seventy five next year, because if I have a guy who is going to stay as a low end wide receiver three for the remainder of the year, uh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to win a championship, and then I am going to just go. Next year, oh man, this this trade probably sucked. And then I'm gonna go. Oh wait a minute, all this money in my bank account and this trophy sitting <laughs> on my desk uh, says differently. So, yep. um, I like that one. That was a little bit fun. All right, we got one more. We're gonna get okay. this one. We're gonna get this one done. This is from FFB at FF Baller ninety one. Who would you rather have in a twelve team half? PPR Dynasty League. Miles Sanders or DJ Moore. We talked about him earlier. He was your bad. Are we are we totally done with DJ Moore? Is the shine off? Are we sticking with the new old hotness in Miles Sanders? He's old. He's been around for a little bit, but he's he's new hotness this year. Or are we going with DJ Moore? It's hard, it's if hard you're contending this year, if you're contending, you have to take Miles Sanders. If we're mm-hmm. just saying, like, uh, I, who do I want for the next couple of years? I'll take DJ Moore. I think if you got Miles Sanders, you can trade him to a contender, get DJ Moore plus now. I think this survey, if you do it again today, is even more skewed. And I think you get DJ Moore plus something decent. And DJ Moore has way more options to revive his career. And, and he's he'll he'll be playing most likely past Miles Sanders. So if you want to talk about future production, where the value is long term, I would I would take DJ Moore plus a little bit, give up Miles Sanders. But if it's about this year, 
and you think, you know, which one's going to help me win it this year? That I mean, that's Miles Sanders all day. So I agree with you. If it's a contender, you want Miles Sanders. Uh, he's scoring the points. He's gonna he's gonna make your team better for the short. Is it bad though? If I'm a rebuilder, I don't want either one of these guys. Yeah, it's totally fine. If there was a C, uh, none of the above. I mean, I hopefully you have Miles Sanders so you can get valuable pick back. Yeah. Like if, so, if someone said to me, Miles Sanders or DJ Moore, I would counter them and go, Miles Sanders at two seconds. Like, can I get two seconds for Miles Sanders? I can't get a first, and I'm fine with that. I understand there are limitations to everything. But can I get can I get two seconds? Help me help you. Like, because I want DJ Moore. I don't. We we say every year this is the year he's got the best quarterback he's ever had. This is gonna be the year that he becomes that elite top ten wide receiver. And at this point, I don't believe in the Carolina Panthers organization to get that right. Even if they have the number one pick and they take C.J. Stroud or um, Bryce Young. Oh, it's gonna me- it's gonna be messed up. <laughs> it is. They're gonna mess it up. They have not gotten the quarterback position correct since what was that? That year they went to the Super Bowl with Ron Rivera and they had um, Jake Tellone. No, Cam Newton. Who was it? Cam. Oh, Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you went, you you went way back, way back. But um, that that's the last time they got quarterback right. Like, just think of the carousel that's been in there. You had the decline in Cam Newton, which wasn't good. And then you brought that back for some reason. You know, we've seen the Kyle Allens. We've seen the P.J. Walkers. We've seen the Sam Darnolds. We've seen the Baker Mayfields. Like, we've seen this story over and over again. It's like that bad movie. You saw it the first time, and it was bad. And then they were like, hey, we're going to make, like, seven more sequels to this movie and you're like but why the first one was bad why do we need seven more of these that's what the carolina panthers quarterback situation has been so um you know i would i would rather get picks or another Mm -hmm. player (laughs) like like can you give me something else can can you give me jahan dotson he's been injured he's been off the radar maybe we've forgotten how good he was while he was in there. Like everyone was like, Oh, it was just touchdowns. And I was like, Hey, when the guy gets a touchdown every game, like there's something to that, you know, there's just some guys that can get touchdowns and there are other guys like Julio who could never get touchdowns. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I would try to do. I, you know, now if the only, only thing I could get was DJ Moore, fine. I'll take DJ more, but I think you still get more though. You should still get more. Oh, for sure. But if that, if I literally put it out there to all the contenders, say best offer wins and DJ Moore is the best offer. Like I'm making that trade. And then trust me, I have a trade already set up and ready to go. I'm just waiting to hit submit the second that, PJ Walker figures it out or Sam Darnold comes back and has a big game and he goes like a hundred and a touchdown. 
and I am spamming everybody. <laughs> hey, DJ Moore, he's back. You want to take this? You, you want this DJ Moore? I'm going to be like that bad used car salesman. You want this DJ Moore? I promise. It's still mm. really good. Good condition. Only one owner. Like No accidents. <laughs> right. I got the Carfax. Like, here you go. So, um, yeah. So that that's that's that. And since that's the last question that we got, I think it's time for us to go, Drew. So another good week. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody watching. Uh, remember, come on by when, every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Jump into the chat. Throw in questions. We love the chat. We love everybody that's watching. And remember, if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, do that. A lot of good content comes out on this channel. And we want you to see all of it. We want you to be a part of all of it. Uh, remember to, to like the video uh, once you are putting your eyes on it. And leave a comment. Comments are fun. Uh, we love to interact with people. And um, also hit the bell. The bell will let you know when we go live, when anyone else on the Dat Network goes live. And, you know, trust me, you will enjoy it. For all our podcast people, thank you, too. Um, we get it. Wednesday at 9 is not convenient for everyone. And sometimes you just got to catch it in the audio form. Just remember, if you got referred by a friend or just tripped and podcast, subscribe. Leave a comment. Comments are good. We love comments. Uh, let us know what you like, what you didn't like. And, um, you know, review, rate it if you can. We know not all podcast uh, directories allow you to do that, but if yours does, please do. There's algorithms involved. I don't understand them, but I heard all of this stuff is good. Um, and that note, Drew, an hour and a half into this thing, we are out of here. Late.